Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number 92. Today, we're going to be talking with Jacob Pusey, who is down here in Utah, fresh out of Calgary, Alberta. So if this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Trail Manners Podcast. Joel and I took Studio 78 bus up to Eden, Utah, which is just uh, over the mountain through I the pass. This is our longest trip we've ever gone on for interview, right? Could be close. We went to Bountiful, Brigham, or Bountiful. We right? did? Yeah, yeah. Or, or Farmington. Went to Farmington. That's far from my house, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got a, a great guest in, the, in Studio 78 with us today. We got Jacob Pusey. Yes. Um, all oh. the way down from Calgary, Alberta. I know. On vacation. Yeah. Down here for a family reunion. Nice. How's it going? So far, so good. Yeah? yeah. We, we all still like each other. So. <laughs> that's, good. that's always a test of the family bond when you right. go far on a road trip like the Griswolds in a van. And, right. You know, kind of get all that going. So, so, Jacob, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're not from Canada. No. You're f- originally from where? Uh, kind of all over the western United States. Okay. I, I was born in the Four Corners area and then grew up kind of on the panhandle of Texas in New Mexico, but right on the border. Uh, then my family moved up to Oregon. Nice. That's where I was introduced to distance running. Yeah. Um, and then studied in a couple different places and kind of traveled. Um, so I actually in Idaho, I went to school for a bit and then in Hawaii and Wow. Oh. You really uh, have been a lot yeah, of places. So, so kind of the western United States is what I call home. And, and then uh, prior to Calgary, I was in Flagstaff, Arizona. So okay. Wow. Just kind of. So some hotbed running locations too. Flagstaff. Right. Uh, Oregon, yeah. obviously. And you yeah. said that's where you got into to running itself? Yeah. My family moved there uh, as I was just going into middle school. And up to that point, I thought I was going to be a basketball player and um, continued on that track for a couple of years. And started running actually to try and get in shape for basketball and quickly fell in love with with running and um, just kind of that individual team sport approach versus the strictly team sport element it didn't hurt that i was like 411 and weighed 85 pounds and <laughs> had a size 13 shoe right. and so i was pretty awkward out there on the court and <laughs> yet somehow i could grind it out on the cross-country uh course so I eventually kind of gravitated more towards the running events. Because, so I, I mean, imagine it was pretty, the running f- spectrum was pretty big um, at that time, too, in, in Oregon. Yeah. Um, with the history there and everything else. Yeah. When I was in high school, I think three movies about Steve Prefontaine came out. <laughs> and so it was very much kind of the, the renaissance of, of distance running and particularly kind of like the Oregon and, and U.S. distance running, kind of trying to 
at least mix it up with with some of the East Africans and stuff. And so um, it it worked out well. I I wasn't I didn't live in any of the hotbeds. In fact, I was very rural. Uh, but it, it fit in really well with the whole pre-story um, rural blue collar Oregon going up against the the big schools and the big cities and right. And so uh, my brother and I totally latched onto that idea and it was just like yeah if we can outwork the competition we'll, we'll throw down and hopefully it works out didn't really work out but <laughs> you know we <laughs> we bought into it we drank the kool-aid for sure so and a lot of a lot of those sweet mustaches were popping i bet during that time frame <laughs> oh. too right any kid in high school that could grow facial hair was oh, working yeah. on the pre-mustache i'm guessing <laughs> for yeah. sure yeah, uh, in high school, about the only facial hair that I could grow was a unibrow, but um, <laughs> <laughs> the mustache would come later. So. Well, the unibrow is like a built-in headband. Yeah, it <laughs> is, right? It's <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> uh, so when did you find, you know, because you're an accomplished runner. I mean, you've done some pretty amazing things. So yep. when did you find that that next gear? I mean, did you run? You went to school at Rick's, is that yeah, right? Yeah, I went to school at Rick's. Um, for a couple years there and um yeah from there I, even there like I, I walked on to the team um I, I never qualified for the Oregon State track meet and therefore really wasn't a prospect in most places um and so I, I walked onto the team at Rick's they had just won the junior college national championships the year before and and the the coach kind of told me I'd probably better off not trying out for that team because <laughs> I wasn't going to make it um but that's where the blue collar kind of like right. hard, uh, hard nose kind of fit in. And so that's what I did and um, eventually made the team and um, ran two seasons of cross country there. And um, But I was never on top. I mean, I was 17 when I graduated from high school and some of the guys I was running with, even though it was a two-year school, were still like, you know, 22, 23-year-olds yeah. men. And I was a very late bloomer. So um, that was apparent when we moved up to 8K and 10K. Um, so probably not until I was uh, in my 20s. I, I, I ran a marathon um, and I trained for it just doing mostly easy running and trying to lose weight after not running for two years. And I jumped in my first marathon um, kind of on a dare. And <laughs> we hear that all the time. <laughs> we do, really. <laughs> no, that's that's totally how it was. Like a, a climber that lived across the hall was like, hey, I'm training for a marathon. Do you want to do it with me? I was like, sure, I haven't run for two years and need to get in shape. And uh, so I I tried to get in shape and, and just jumped into the marathon and, and didn't approach it any differently than I would just a 5K or 10K. And so I didn't know how to not race. And so... Uh, it was it was the Salt Lake Marathon, uh -huh, um, uh -huh. and so uh, about 10k in, I looked around. And I was like, "Man, I've read about that guy in Runner's World, and like, I don't, I don't really belong here. I'm wearing my Hermiston Cross Country T-shirt." <laughs> nice, uh, Hermiston. I've been there. Yeah. Holy, <laughs> that's God. where I grew up. Yeah, so, so Hermiston, Oregon. Hermiston, you were, Oregon. You were seriously? <laughs> I did. I taught a soccer camp there. Okay. Cool. Yeah, when I was in college in Oregon. Yeah. yeah. So way out. Wow. I didn't know anybody else heard of yeah. heard, heard of Hermiston. It, that's about. Where it is, yep. Oh, wow. um, Sorry to sidetrack. That's just no, a yeah, word so, I haven't heard forever. So that's that's where I uh, that's where I grew up. It, it, that's where I call home. That's where my parents still are. And um, yeah, so that's where I became a runner. And um, so I was mixing it up with um, I can't even remember who it was. There was a a guy from Mexico um, that was kind of like the man in the '80s and '90s, and he was kind of a a token uh, invitee to the right. er, to the marathon. And, and I'm running with him. And I was like, Huh, I don't belong here, but I don't know how to run any other pace. This is the only right, race pace I know, so I did it until about mile 18, and uh, 
realized then that I should have been drinking and eating along the way. And <laughs> so I, I experienced kind of the epic bonk, but even that, like somehow I, I was able to Work move through, through the bonk better than I guess most people do. I didn't know anything about it, but um, finished fairly well and, and surprised even my my college cross-country coach and, and people who, who had never run that fast who were way better runners than me. And right. um, so I was like, huh, I guess I could, could do this. But I uh, it took a while to like, whoa want to beat people and like actually care about the competition so it was just sort of like huh i'm not very fast i'm like a four speed or four cylinder kind of guy but i i can run at the same pace right at the red line for a long time right. without blowing up and so it probably wasn't until my mid-20s that i realized that and uh still had a few more years of collegiate eligibility and tried to do that moved to hawaii to finish that up and that was rough but um yeah, ran for a few years in Hawaii, and and that's kind of when I started training trails. Um, right, hadn't really run in the mountains, so to speak, um, other than dirt roads and things, and uh, liked that. And then, yeah, I, I jumped in the Honolulu Marathon again, kind of on a fluke <laughs> at the end of my last collegiate cross country season, just like my farewell to to Hawaii, and and same same thing, just like didn't have any business being in it but i was in the mix for a long time and then it's like huh i wonder what would happen if i actually trained for one of these things right. and so i uh that's i think that's kind of where it started was was running my first couple marathons realizing that i'll never be a 5k 10k guy but i might be able to do marathons and then a few years later i realized that there were races longer than a marathon oh, i know right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so did you have much of the the sibling rivalry growing up because your brother tommy right mm -hmm. he's obviously a, a quality runner as well <laughs> he's all right yeah he's all right <laughs> so did you was there any you know because you come from a, a, a small town literally yeah. um was there much competition between the two of you did you were you on the same page for that part like running training or was it just something you guys did um rivalry not so much i think i might have felt it more than he did um he's a good guy like, <laughs> and um he he's just nice and um yeah, I, I was two years older than him and three grades above him. And so I was young for my grade. He was a little bit older. He was always bigger than me, and I was always the runt. And so, yeah, I had, like, little man syndrome, and, and he was just kind of, <laughs> you know, like, just a big guy, you know, and uh, uh, stronger, usually weighed more than me, like, even though <laughs> two years older than him. Um, so, yeah, I probably felt it toward him. He didn't feel it at all toward me. Like, I... I still have regrets about like being such a bad big brother. Like, cause all he ever wanted to do was just hang out with me. And I was right. like, come on, man. Like, just let me go do my thing. And he, he just wanted to hang with me, whether it was running or with my friends or anything. And if it, it, it wasn't until high school, like until we were teammates that, that it was cool to hang out with my little brother. And, right. and part of it was selfish. Like I'd never qualified for the state cross country meet and it was my senior year. And my only shot was if my brother was right there with me. And so it's like, yeah, I guess you can hang you out. You can hang out with me. <laughs> we can hang out and beat those guys like just make sure we stay ahead of them and then we can hang out and, right and that's he will do he's fiercely loyal and it's like yeah whatever whatever it takes yeah you want me to ask my friends to come to it too and so like <laughs> overnight we went from being kind of like contenders in our conference to like we could run with anyone in the state and it was a pretty good there were two year two teams ranked top 10 in the nation in oregon that year wow and uh we were in the mix and wow and it was only because of him and and his friends. Like, right. had nothing to do with me. It was one hundred percent. Tommy buys in, and he's all in. He's and all so in, like, and so cool. yeah, it was cool. Um, 
And so since then, I was like, you know what? He's not that bad. <laughs> I'll let him tag along a we little can bit be more. Yeah, we can, we can hang out. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot's transpired since then. I mean, you had, uh, from Hawaii, did you kind of, what did you do after that? You're out of school. Um, yeah. Did you continue the run thing, get into the marathons? Did you shift gears to the, uh, uh, what do you call it, being, uh, get a job? You know, kind of being responsible, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's probably where Tommy and I differ. Like, I'm, I've always been kind of type A. Um, I'm trying to get out of that. Like, I've spent the last decade trying to, like, lose that part of myself. But um, but that's all the ducks in a row kind of planner kind of thing. Right. Um, and we end up often with similar results, but he's just kind of like, shoot, like, by the seat of his pants kind of guy. And, um so uh, I tried, I tried to do that by moving to Hawaii, and that was unpredictable. And but still, yeah. As soon as I graduated, I I got a salaried position with benefits, and <laughs> so I I actually moved back to Hermiston, and oh, okay. uh, never in my five or ten year plans. But that's what I ended up doing. My my. So where's Hermiston? I don't know where it's at. It's uh, help me out. It's in the middle of nowhere, and, and I, it's been it's been a long. I drove driven, drove driven. I drove by I there. I drove. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's uh. I don't know the top part of Oregon. Yeah, it's uh, and it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so it's northeastern Oregon. It's it's oh, okay. It's almost gotcha. Equidistance between oh, Equa, S- nice Spokane, uh, Seattle, Bend, Portland, right. and Boise. Okay, yeah. and so it's it's kind of a hub. There's, right, there's some highways that intersect there, and right. railroad tracks and rivers, and so that's that's what brought my family there. But it's also um, yeah, that's where I grew up. But it's okay. it's three hours from anywhere. Right. Uh, gotcha. Three to four hours from anywhere. So and I, I think I was there in like 19... Man, Early I'm stretching 90s? here. 91 maybe. Okay. And uh, we did a soccer camp all week. Yeah. And for a bunch of college guys, um, <laughs> there was not a lot to do. Oh, man. There wasn't a lot as uh, far as eating goes. <laughs> I think there might have been a bowling alley, if I remember uh-huh. right. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like bowling alley, nacho every, night every, every night. night. <laughs> yeah. Bowling alley, nacho, pizza, nachos, fries. Whatever. That, that was beer. probably the best restaurant in town for a long time. Yeah, right? so. and that's what we remembered about it. And wow. you know, it's like oh, when they sit because every week they'd send us different places. And like, hey, Eric, you take your group. You're going to Hermiston, and I was like, I don't even know where this is. Right. We got there, and I'm like, man, am I in trouble? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, people are going to Bend and the coast, and I'm going to Hermiston. And it was hot. It was July. Yep. It was super hot. Yeah. But I'll tell you, you mentioned it, and it's what kind of rang through is the kids at our clinic. There wasn't a lot of kids. It wasn't a big populous town for soccer. But, right. man, those kids worked their butts off. Yeah. I mean, you call for a break, and they're looking at you like, we don't need a water break. Nah. You know, and we're over there like, yeah, we do. Like 30 <laughs> minutes worth, you know? Yeah, the coaches are dying. But the kids are ready to roll. Yeah, they were hardcore. So that's, that's cool. when you say the blue collar, that's that town for sure. So what's what's Hermiston? I mean, what's their, you say rivers, and is it like uh, agricultural? It, yeah, it's, uh, it's between two mountain ranges, and so it kind of gets inversion during the winter, and it's hot as hell during the summer, and so really long growing seasons. Everything grows there. Volcanic soil, plus oh. there's all these tributaries, plus the Columbia and the Snake. And right. Really well irrigated. Um, you said railroad going through? Yeah. yeah. So it's a railroad town. Uh, it's a l- right along the river. Right. Um, my dad manages the port of Umatilla. And so nice. um, so that's the that's the rail ra- railroad and the, the barges and, and the highway system where you, you know just take something off of one... Sorry, one... one uh, form of transportation, put it's it on the, the other, and send it to the other. Right. So there's 
yeah, there's UPS and FedEx and Walmart, and that, right. that's just kind of where the, the hubs are yep. gotcha. right there. So, but yeah, that's most of the the working. If you don't work in um, in agriculture, you, you work in distribution, right. or at the bowling alley, yeah, <laughs> or at the bowling, or you just bowl, yeah, or you <laughs> just, just bowl. <laughs> you just get your shirt on with your name Bud right on the right on the <laughs> name tag. So I'm guessing when you moved from Hawaii back to Hermiston to get your ducks in a row, it wasn't the bowling alley. It wasn't the bowling alley. Okay. No. No. Um, so so yeah, my my high school track coach had passed away, and and so my high school cross country coach who was was another father figure and and um a, a mentor through high school my best friend through high school basically like he he i had no potential and somehow he saw something in me and he he kind of got me on the right track and uh and so he said hey i'm gonna try and be the head track coach but we need a distance coach now you want to move back and and i had been kind of volunteering out in hawaii we only had a cross-country team so during track season, there was a local North Shore um, team, mostly Polynesian kids. Again, phenomenal athletes, really hard workers. We tried to create a distance program out there right. and, um, and just fell in love with coaching in that community and small town vibe. And But I, I almost felt guilty. I was like, you know, um, I'm doing it out here. And when my coach asked, I was like, man, just ask me to do anything. I don't really want to. That wasn't in my plans to move back to Hermiston. But, but at the same time, it was like, you know, he did it for me. He moved there from the coast and wow. brought his family out there, and he invested in me and countless other kids, and and that was our our ticket out of there, you know. And so, uh, I did the same thing for about eight years, I think. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I went back and um, uh, taught basically every subject that they asked me to teach, which was about every subject. And uh, <laughs> uh, what do you have for this class, Mr. Pusey? Who's this class, Mr. Pusey? Yeah. <laughs> it was actually really fun. Like it was, it was super stimulating because I, I, you know, a lot of teachers complain about having to prep for different things, but it was like, I was learning as I went. And I, that's when I learned to kind of shoot from the hip. It was like, yeah, I think I took a class on this in college. And I guess wow. I, you know, if I can pass a test, I can teach the class. And so I did. And uh, it was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, uh, I loved coaching those kids. Like you said, like, I, I learned way more about running and about myself and about life from a lot of those kids. And, and by that point, it had, um, the demographics had changed even more. And so you basically own a farm or you live on a, or you work on a farm. And so it was, Hard-working farm kids, uh, f- kids of farmers, and, and it was either you do a sport or you come home and you work. So it was right. like, okay, we'll do we'll all do the sports it. you ask us to do. <laughs> and, uh, I love uh, cricket. Yeah, <laughs> cricket. <laughs> exactly. Um, or, or the migrant kids. And, um, yeah, the, those kids will bleed through their eyes for you. And, right. again, fiercely loyal and, and just, like, their parents, they, they, they felt like they owed it to their parents to do, do something with their lives and, make something of themselves and so i don't know that i coached much but i basically just said you know like this is where we're at this is where they're at we've got to get to the finish line faster than they do right we did and it was it was a lot of fun nice yeah and so you're there for eight years and then you made another jump somewhere yeah um i had always planned on doing kind of continuing my studies and uh law school medical school um Eventually, by that time, I'd, I'd worked with an indigenous community in the area um, on some language preservation and stuff. And so I decided to go back um, to work on a Ph.D. in linguistic anthropology. Wow. Um, I basically was kind of done with the nine to five. Um, and my brother had moved to Flagstaff. And so I was like, OK, what's an excuse for quitting my job? that's kind of <laughs> noble. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
and th- that will allow me to go hang out with Tommy. And so he he had been kind of globe trotting, and but he'd finally moved back to the states, and it looked like he was gonna be in Flag for a while. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna move to Flagstaff, and I'm gonna go to grad school, and um, so I basically saved through the recession and stuff like that, and tried to fix our house up, and then once it was safe to <laughs> safe to, to, to get out, you know, to get out, I did and sold the house and just tried to pay for grad school off of savings and grants and stuff like that. So yeah, that's what I did for a couple more years and got to hang out with him, but he was also in grad school by that time. And so we actually didn't see, see each, each other, other much. <laughs> like we, we'd see each other every once in a while on campus and be like, hey, <laughs> I remember you. Yeah, yeah, we look really familiar. <laughs> I, I haven't seen you in like six months. Where have you been? So our kids hung out more than we did. <laughs> Asking your kids, so how's how's my brother doing? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> how's how's Uncle Tommy doing? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much how it went. Yeah. yeah. So. But it was it was good. Um and that's that's when I started online coaching was down in it, a, a little bit before getting to Flagstaff, but that was kinda how I got that set up. Sorry, there's just uh, we, we did a show last week in a parking lot, and a rattlesnake came out from under the bus. <laughs> now we look out the window, and there's a deer. So yeah, I like this view better. I do yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I I grew up with rattlesnakes in uh, in New Mexico, and and wasn't the least bit afraid of them. But then once you get away from them, I'm deathly afraid of snakes now because I every time I see them now, I'm not expecting to see them. Yeah. Right. Just like uh. <laughs> We used to be friends, but now you're unpredictable. So no, we can't. We can't, we can't be friends hang anymore. Out. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> yeah. So you got into the the online coaching in Flagstaff, and in Flagstaff again, I mean, it's, it's doesn't need really a, a pump or anything, but it's like a mecca it for is. running. Period. People go there just to run. Yeah. So when you, you know. moved there for grad school, were you were you being structured with your training, or were you just running for fun? Um, were you actually running at all at that point? Yeah. So at that point, so while I was in Oregon, um, and coaching, I basically trained with my kids sometimes, um, depending on the dynamics of the family, uh, I'd run in the mornings before practice, sometimes with, with other kids. Um, but, uh, most of my training was just trained with high high school 5k training and then maybe a long run on the weekend if we weren't on the road. Um, and then, started jumping in trail races after a while. Um, and that's kind of when I made my transition to ultras and things. Um, when I moved to flag, most of my training was run commuting, um, just back and forth to, to school. Right. Uh, or bike commuting or however I could fit it in. Like I, I did, you know, try and get a place near trails and it's pretty hard to get a place in flag that's not near trails, <laughs> but good point. But I, I got it set on, you know, like a good route, where I could run on the urban trail system to school and back. And okay. Kinda, uh, but but even that, I I did a lot less of that than I thought I was going to be doing. It, it was well when I, you're a PhD student, there's time for nothing yeah. other than that. Yeah, yeah, I was doing that and a grad uh, assistant and working full time as a as an online coach. So I didn't right. really sleep or run or do much other than that just work <laughs> so right so wh- where along this this timeline did you uh meet amy yeah your your wife yeah yeah my, my wife amy um was it in hermiston or was it in college or why yeah. no <laughs> <laughs> uh we actually met at trans rockies uh only a few years ago so um she and i were both there and our kids were with their other parents and we were both talking about 
how challenging it is to be single parents and uh but we were basically were talking about our kids and we 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 met at the charging station where we were charging our phones so we could <laughs> call our kids and talk to our kids okay. and uh, uh then a, a couple of weeks later I was invited to run a race up there in Canada that she did kind of directs but she she had someone directing that particular event who right. is also the same director of the Trans Rockies run his name's Kevin Huda McDonald and so he invited me up there um to run a race and then we realized that it was the same race series that she oversees and uh that she directs at a national level and that we were going to end up getting to see each other so so it's it hasn't been that long it's a couple years so okay, okay. so yeah. you just met her on the on the trail circuit yeah <laughs> <laughs> lucky dog that exactly. doesn't happen very often <laughs> yeah yeah um the i think i think the thing that worked in our favor was that neither of us went there looking or expecting to fight we were both like so done with stuff <laughs> yeah, <Stuff. laughs> it was kind of like okay, we're gonna take a one week break, do Trans Rockies, and then get back to working full time and right. being full time parents and right. just like paying the bills and just you know. But but yeah, so Trans Rockies was like the week vacation from life, right? And yeah, we met uh, on the on the second to last day. She was actually out on course. She ran the three day um, and won that. And my and then she stuck around to help out, and um, a lot of the crew actually Trans Rockies, the company is based in Calgary as well. Okay. And so they they were down doing the um, event um, in Colorado, and so she's there and friends with a lot of. We kind of share the same crew between Trans Rockies and, and right. Five Peaks. Um, so she was down there and helping out, and and my brother took a wrong turn on the, the second to last day, and. He, it was a rough day, and she was out there. She was one of the first people to find him, kind of <laughs> as he was getting back on the trail, um, <laughs> covered with blood and oh, teeth knocked out and stuff. And uh, <laughs> did he get in a fight with a bear? I was gonna say, what happened down. to him? Too many rocks. Yeah, too he, many rocks. He uh, he went down. <laughs> there was a false summit. On, uh, it was basically once you got to the top, you just bombed down into Vale, and so right. we thought we were at the top, and he bombed a little too soon and and ran. Uh, I don't know five at least downhill the wrong hill right and realized that he he only had a little bit of water in his bladder to start because he was going to fill up at the top and right didn't quite find that aid station sure. and <laughs> so he was he was dead and uh and so he was kind of delirious and looking around uh for signs and flags and didn't see any but then tripped on a rock while he was trying oh, to look around ate some rocks and um, oh. busted his nose and so so yeah by the time he made it back to the trail um it ended up i think it was supposed to be like a 20 mile day it ended up being like a 50k day oh okay, uh, yeah with about an extra three hours that oh. we weren't planning on so he was in rough shape and she was there and but again it was just like you meet people we hadn't been in that position yet you know like needing that emergency uh, assistance assistance <laughs> but you meet people in races and just kind of like yeah cool she was fun to talk to that was cool that she cares about her kids and, <laughs> and then we we hung out we saw each other again the next night and hung out and talked a little bit more but it was never like oh man let's figure out how to make this work long distance right. like, we were so not interested because in, you were in flagstaff yeah still? i was living in flagstaff trying to figure calgary, out my right? yeah she was in calgary uh and i was in flagstaff and i was struggling through uh grad school and i uh, the research that I'd been doing that summer didn't really pan out the way I'd hoped it to. And so I was like, okay, uh, how am I going to like 
salvage this. Yeah. To, <laughs> how am I going to? Yeah, I I had enough to write about, but it wasn't what I wanted to write about. Right. And, um, at that point, you're losing like that motivation. Yeah, and and yeah, I was going through the disillusion of my previous marriage and dealing right. with all that, and so at no point was I even like, yeah, sign me up for this, you know? Yeah. yeah. Can we get a few more lawyers involved, please? No. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry uh, just, just being honest we weren't planning on anything developing out of that but uh we we connected about a month later when i went up for a race in in canada and and by that point it was kind of like okay we're not in in fairy tale land anymore of trans rockies and like you have a job i have a job we have lives right it, so as we started talking it was like yeah this probably isn't gonna ever work out but it, somehow it did well, we're, you. we're together That's now. Cool. So, yeah. And so did you move from Flag to Calgary? Yeah. Um, fairly quickly after that point. Like I was kind of living in my truck and then uh, looking to develop my brother's garage into a studio apartment and um, trying to pay for two places as a grad student. And right. Like I it's kind of tough. Do that yeah. um, I, off of one income. And so I was trying to figure out how to do that. And then um, we started talking and there were opportunities up there, um, both professionally, and, and it was kind of nice to be with someone that liked me. So I was like, all right, yeah, we could, yeah, I'll, I can move up there. And so it, Calgary's it, pretty rad, right? Oh, yeah, it's it's incredible. And and in fact, it, at the time, she was actually living in Canmore, which is between Calgary and Banff. Right. And uh, so it's, like, the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. And I'm wow. not... Not joking. Like right. I, Canmore is? Canmore is. I, okay. I think it's prettier than Banff. I think it's prettier than... It's just an old mining town. And, right. And her parents moved there 40 years ago and kind of built up the town. Her dad's a, wow. a, con, a carpenter. And so he he's actually built a lot of the houses in, in the town. And um, uh, But I, the mountains are just... Every, like, every degree that you turn around, it's just a panoramic view of a different mountain and a different right. face. and. Uh, and then the water is crystal clear. Like I, I thought Patagonia was the prettiest place I'd ever been, and then I went there for the race, and I was just like, "Huh? Yeah, is this real? Like th- that water huh. is real? It's really that blue?" And so, so anyway, w- she was there at, at first, and then um, we eventually relocated to Calgary once I got up there. And wow, it's cheaper to have a house for five kids in Calgary than it is to <laughs> have a house for five kids in Canmore. Yeah. So, wow, true, good point. <laughs> yeah. But it's right there. We, we're Whereas, kind of the last exit to get on the highway to go to okay. Canmore and Banff, and you can see the the Rocky Mountains from our wow. from our place. So it's it's a beautiful place. Yep, right on. That's incredible. Yeah. So, because lot, you know, I'm not saying a lot of people, but one one thing, I'm going to throw this little tidbit out just to kind of give an idea of where you're at. I don't say now, but mm-hmm. it really is. So this past December, you were down in Orlando, mm-hmm. right, for the the run event. Yeah. And so, how did this come about? You did. Um, a world record for the fastest 50-mile run on a treadmill, okay? So the average pace was 5.56 per mile for 50 miles. That's uh, and it w- shattered the previous record by Half an hour. Hour? hour? Right? Yeah, close to an hour. Yeah, <laughs> so you, did, you finished your 50 miles in 4.57, uh, 45, and the record before you was 5.57, 31, so we got seconds, you know, not <laughs> quite an hour, it's a few seconds off. I, I gotta, this is where I gotta understand, where did the idea come for this? Because to me, honestly, sounds miserable, right? It, 
there's not enough beer to make that sound <laughs> There's fun. not enough anything in the world for me to even attempt something. I get on a treadmill, and I'm like, yeah, that was easy. Is it like a quarter of a mile? Yeah, a quarter of a mile, I'm done. Yeah, because we get so much cold here, that's the only time you want to hit a treadmill. Right. Yeah. So when we're watching this, because it was kind of streamed and Instagrammed and everything else in the run community, where did this idea come from? Because uh, this is something you set out to do. This isn't by accident. Yeah. There were kind of a couple different motives or, or kind of inspirations, I guess. Uh, to be quite honest, the number one inspiration was that it was getting cold and Amy was saying, hey, we should get a treadmill. <laughs> and I had I had owned and moved and my own treadmill and other people's treadmills and tried to repair treadmills that I'd broken. And, and so she starts looking at, on Kijiji, which is like the equivalent of Craigslist in, in Canada. Kijiji, and, I and like it. <laughs> I was just like, we are not buying a used treadmill. <laughs> and and they are heavy. And le- yeah. But if we're going to get a treadmill, we both run a lot. So let's right. get a good treadmill. And at least one that's going to last a couple years because right. they're really hard to move in and move out. Oh, they're yeah. awkward. Yeah. They're, they're the worst. Mine's yeah. stuck in the same room for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people don't even use them. So it's like, right. if we're going to invest in it, let's get a good one and let's use it. So let's get a good enough one that we'll want to use. And so... Uh, we started looking at like ticket price. And was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. And then we uh, also started kind of looking at the used ones, and even those were fairly expensive, especially considering you know having to go pick it up and having to install it, and hope that it works, and how right. much it would cost to make the the fixes. So I, I've fortunately I run for Ultra, which yep. is owned by a parent company actually here in Utah, yep. Logan. Uh, right. Um, Icon and Icon owns a couple of treadmill companies as well, uh, or the, their subsidiaries are uh, Nordic Track and Proform. Right. I pitched the idea to Icon and those two companies and to Ultra. Um, I knew that there had been uh, at the outdoor retailer show kind of the uphill challenge, challenge and yeah. stuff like right. that. And and I I'd actually talked to a couple other people. I saw that Mike Wardian ran the the 50k treadmill record right. on a cruise. And then didn't, and realized it after the fact, and so he's got like in a bucket. I think he put it, put himself in a cooler of ice, and then the next morning got up and right. broke it. Yeah, really broke it, uh, which is just unreal. The guy's cr- just a phenomenal, a freak of an athlete. Just um, after Western States, yeah. the, did you <laughs> yeah. see? Did you? What was it? it was um, it was Coop? It was Coop. He was saying for most of you, recovery wise. You need to do X, Y, and Z. And then he goes, oh, now if you're Michael Wardian, <laughs> next day you need to go run a 538 mile. Yeah. That dude is crazy good. He, yeah, he is. He's such the outlier. Yeah, he really is. Like uh, he, he recovers really well. So I was super impressed by what he did. Uh, but then I also, I kind of did the math, and I, I knew my body. And it was like, even at the finish line of a marathon, I can feel like I've gone to the well, and I still feel like I could keep going kind of thing. Right. Or, or did I the amount of attrition that I experience isn't quite as much as others experience, I guess. And so I figured right. if I fueled right, I could just sustain that for another five miles, AK, whatever, for 50K. So at first I was thinking 50K. And right. so it, we pitched it as a challenge. And I talked to Mario Mendoza as well in Bend. We were on a run once, and um, and he was kind of like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do that too. And so I, I initially presented it like, let's do the uphill challenge, but flat right. and like a 50K challenge. <laughs> but But let's do it somewhere... But but a competition like brand versus brand and runner right. versus runner, uh, but 
it wouldn't work in Utah because it's at altitude. And so right. if you're really going for a record and you're trying to get everything out of you, try and do it at sea level. So at first, it was going to be Austin. That's typically where the running event has been. Yep. And I was like, right. yeah, I kind of wanted the to go to Austin. The one year it moved to Orlando. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I was like, eh, Orlando's not going to be bad coming from Calgary. So, um, yeah, I pitched it probably a year in advance. And then um, it kind of got accepted maybe six weeks before the running oh, event. Geez. And oh. so I wasn't planning on it. And... Uh, so it turned out that it was going to maybe be me and Cal Neff. Um, we were kind of the only ones that were still on board a month out. And then uh, his mother-in-law got really sick and, and, and actually passed away the week of the, oh. the running event. And, and so we were going to do 50K, and and, uh, and Mike showed up and was just going to be like, hey, I'm not going to let this go easy, you know. And so right. he was there. and uh, But then he wasn't uh, – Cal wasn't able to do it. And, uh, and so I – I looked at the other times and I didn't know if I could do it solo. Um, and so I looked at the other times and, and I had run close to the record on trail before, um, just on the PCT at the Mount Hood 50, I'd run like 609, I think. And so I was like, you know, if I don't have to stop and I don't have to carry a pack and, and it's not rolling, right. um, I could probably get close to that. And so my, my plan was honestly just like set it right at the pace and then maybe toward the end, pick it up a little bit. And uh, we started going, and uh, and very early on, um, the pace, like my knees kept hitting the front of the uh, of the, the treadmill, and so I, I I just I just tried to put it at a pace that felt comfortable, and right, and com- comfortable started getting faster and faster, and and then toward the end, um, Amy actually wasn't even there; she was at the hotel trying to get some races opened, you know, because she wasn't going to need to be there for like three or four more hours, yeah. and. And then Chris at Ultra was like, hey, is Amy going to be here? And I was like, I don't know why. And he's like, well, we've only got like 10 miles left. And uh, <laughs> I was like, huh, maybe we should call her. And Give so he call. actually hands me my phone and I call her and I'm like, hey, do you want to come down here? Might be good for a photo op and stuff. And uh, uh, so she came down and she was with her, her daughter. And um, and at that point, it was sort of like, hmm, I could, str- I could drag this out, but I was starting to, you know, fatigue. Right. And, uh, <laughs> And so, so I, I just, I just like turned it up as fast oh as I could gosh. go, and it was just like, you know what? The sooner I hit fifty miles, the sooner I'm done. That's right. So I was just kind of like eyes rolling back in my head, and just like I don't even know how fast this is. Uh, I'm just gonna keep doing it, and you're running five five minute pace on that. I, it it started getting down to there, and then it, close I, to I'd kind of do it like fart licks. So I'd go as hard as I could for a while, and then I was like, okay. back it off a little. Back, but then yeah, the the easy was six minute pace, and so I was like, okay, I can do this. Right. And, but so it was a total fluke. Like uh, I, I wasn't, I didn't train specifically for it. I had oh no clue gosh. what I was doing. It just felt good that day, and and then after a while, it was just like get it done. And That's then right. you know, people came up and they're like, if you would have gone a thousand meters more, you would have had the eighty k record. And then if you would have stayed on for an hour, you could have got the hundred k. I was like, like I was done like, at hush. about you know seventy k, and uh, I'm glad I got that last hour. And so it, it worked out. It was a good day. That's amazing. So, so you that you didn't have specific training for that, and you still were able to do it. <laughs> like, I can't wrap my brain around. I really can't, because you're sitting there saying, "Oh, the you know, the faster I go, the faster I'm done." I've said that so many times during <laughs> oh a race. My gosh, yeah. But when I'm looking at my pace, it's ten minutes. Right. Like, oh, That's if the I go, part, if I can right? go a little faster, then I can get done faster. And you're talking yeah. faster at like a five thirty. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was a. I. I honestly just felt really good. It, it, I. Um. I think it's kind of that ducks in the row kind of thing, like. If I can remove all the variables, that's that's what I try and do when I race. Like, and, and trail racing is is a challenge for me because you can't remove all the yeah. variables. No, <laughs> um, but that was the other thing. It was like, 
I wonder what I could do if if I really were able to control all the variables. And so I've got my water there. I've got you know my my fuel there. I I, right. I, I can just have it all out there di- on display, and I can just grab it when I need it. I don't have to right. wait till I'm at an aid station or or carry extra or anything like that. It was just like have it all there and control it. And so I try not to think of myself as a control freak, but when I do race, I, I feel like I, I tend to do best when I am able to just like take care of everything else and then just gun goes off and, and I all I have to think about is running. Or, you know, if I have a timer on my watch, fueling or whatever. But even there, I didn't even have to do that. It was just it's there if I need right. it. Take it as soon as I feel like I need it. And hmm. So it was actually kind of fun to just see what I could do without any other variables. So what were you fueling with for the treadmill challenge? Um, A a combination of of things. So I I was using uh, first endurance EFS um, and water. So I had one bottle of water, one bottle of first endurance. Okay. Uh, That was for probably about the first 50 K. All right. And, and then I was also taking like the EFS uh, liquid Uh, shot. Liquid shot. um, Okay their gel but it's not a gel it's in a flask um so i think i went through two of those two flasks two flasks um and i i i like to i like to get as many calories as i can through liquid so i i was running it pretty rich in the uh the the drink itself um but i still was taking salt caps as well (laughs) there's no need to but i just as like a kind of out of habit that's your thing sure i'm getting as many (laughs) as much sodium as i can because once once i cramp i'm done and so it's over okay just try and avoid that uh but then after about 50k i um just wanted something different and so we put pepsi in one bottle and um i ate two bags of chips so crumpled them up into like just crumbs right and then I just just right in the pie hole. Yeah, dumped dumped the crumbs into my mouth. And because after a while you get hungry, you don't yeah. just want calories. You actually want something, something in your, in your gut. stomach. Yeah. Yeah. So, and potatoes are like starchy and they absorb everything and right. fatty and mm-hmm. amazing. So salty, yeah. salty goodness, <laughs> yummy. Yeah. So what's your what's your go to flavors for the EFS? Like the first the like the electrolyte drink. What's your go to flavor? Um, I kind of mix it up, but. Fruit punch seems to kind of just okay. do it for me. I, there are a lot. Um, so the lemon lime is good, and That's and classic. so is the grape. Yeah. Um, and and I I like those, and sometimes we'll mix it in with other things as well. Um, but I also it, it, so I really like that I know what it is, like that I've got everything I need in that. Right. Um, but yeah, sometimes y- you want some carbonation. Yeah, you're like, I just want corn Something syrup. Different. I want. I don't care about all the electrolytes and magnesium. I just want Pepsi. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Sorry, rolling into an aid station that got Coke. You're like, oh, that sounds good yeah. right now. Yeah, fill me up. Exactly. Mostly just to settle my stomach. Like it just kind of, but it, right. it does have that kind of gives you a little bit of a buzz, so to speak, uh, with the caffeine, and and it just it's a different flavor. So, so it kind of started because you wanted a treadmill, and so you. This is where it all started. You were just looking at treadmills, like, ah, if we can pitch it, maybe they'll hook us up. Yeah, exactly. So here's where it got hard. The, honestly, the biggest challenge was where it got hard. Moving the treadmill in the house. <laughs> yeah, that was hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, so did you get the treadmill before or after the? That was miles? the challenge. So a couple weeks before the the uh, outdoor retailer, or no, before the uh, r- the running event, uh, treadmill shows up on our porch, and it's a big treadmill. Like it, it, it was like they it's had like legit. Like a, uh, a truck dropped it, like needed the the, the, trail, the lift the and lift stuff like down. that. And yeah, <laughs> just like, 
uh, I'm the only one here that <laughs> I can we back your truck into our basement yeah. and uh, <laughs> move it in that way? And the guy was like, no, it was like, I pay extra. Can we do that? Or will you help me? And, Oh, I no. can't. And Holy cow. So I, I threw it out on Facebook, and most people just kind of laughed. They're like, yeah, good luck with that one. you know. And, um, and this this is meant to be as complimentary as possible. Uh, and so it's not racist at all. I grew up around Mexicans. One guy that I have coached and trained that's from Mexico that lives in Calgary. I've trained him for the last three years. Oh, He's awesome. like, I'm there. Yeah. Some guy I'd never even met who's also a, a Mexican expat in, in a... Um, in Canada shows up they did it like they wouldn't even let me I mean I tried to help I tried to pretend that I was like strong and knew how to work and (laughs) let's pretend I was strong (laughs) well you're so much taller than they are right so they got that lower center of gravity (laughs) no but they show up with like the belts to put around are you serious right on on, like weird like the like the the hooks on their belts you know what I mean yeah Yeah. then then they want to set it up and try it out and make sure it's all calibrated and stuff like that it was just like calibrated you guys are (laughs) like Real friends. I, uh, nothing right. against my other friends that were there, but I, you know, I'm, I'm relatively new to the area. Nothing against my neighbor. He went to Facebook that day and started unfriending all these people that didn't show up. No, but but I mean that that's that's what it, my experience has been like since day one. Like my whole life. Like you ask someone to help, and the people that will help are the people that they just that's just in their culture. Yeah, you right. Show up if someone needs help. You, you show up and you do it, and that's what they did. And um. And so I now have a treadmill in the right place, um, calibrated, calibrated, set up. Yeah. Wow. So so we got it all set up, and um, and we had a lot of fun doing it. And then um, I ran a few times on it in training, and uh, <laughs> um, then showed up in Orlando. And so, but the same treadmill at uh, your same house. Same treadmill. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, it was the we we were looking at some Nordic track ones, but the I guess the Proform model has the ability to. Um, to run faster at a flat rate, and it also has incline and, and decline, decline, decline options. That'd be cool. Yeah, so so it really is like the perfect treadmill to train for trails and other things, unless you're just training like absolute uphill or something like that. Right. And it's called the Boston Marathon treadmill, so that you can practice running the the Boston Marathon course, the downhill and then the uphill and stuff like that. So, uh, so I trained on that, and then I got to the running event, and most of how I passed the time, like rather than listening to stuff or watching stuff, people just came up and were talking to me. And right. so um, about halfway through Eric Sensman, uh, who's a friend from Flagstaff and just from, you know, part of being in the community, actually trained Rockies he's as well. He's got that creepy mustache right now. He does. He? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he Was he the one that was going to cut uh, Wamsley's hair? Yeah, he did. That was the, that was the bet. And so he's the one that shaved Wamsley's head after, yeah. after <laughs> he us. He had the said, creepy so. mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he shows up, and and he's like, "So, uh, so what's your goal? Like, what are you shooting for?" And it's like, uh, you know, the hard part is I already reached my goal. And he's like, "Well, what do you mean?" I was like, "Well, I already got, I already got, got a treadmill. It's in my basement." <laughs> and he's like, like "So I'm kind of done." Yeah. yeah. So he's like, like "So what do you, do, what do you do if you don't finish?" So I'm like, "I'm pretty sure they're not going to show up and take their treadmill back." You know. So yeah. I've got my treadmill. And so that was honestly like, I pride myself, and you know, my my word is my bond kind of thing. I'm a man of my word, but it's like. When things started getting, you know, hard and kind of dark that last mile and I don't, or that last hour and I don't even know what was going on, it's like I could just as easily step off the treadmill and be done and right. probably have a treadmill in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> but if, you know, you don't want to be that guy that always pitches no. ideas and doesn't follow through. So I was like, hey, I got to finish this. And so it, it really wasn't in the plans to try and really hammer it or go for 
anything spectacular. It was just like, go for the record, bring some people to the ultra booth, maybe show off a treadmill a little bit. Right. Create some momentum, but mostly get a treadmill. And th- that was my number one goal and got that. So worked out. Amy's happy. I'm happy. And, and you're never going to move. Cause yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> never going to move. Or, or I'm going to contact Eric and Adolfo and ask them to come and help me. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> hey guys, guess what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're having a we're having a moving party. <laughs> they get comped entry to all of our races anytime they want. Oh, now, so. see now all your friends that didn't show up are like, oh man, yeah, no. <laughs> I would have known. I would have come up. <laughs> but, so, but they're the kind of guys that want to volunteer anyway. They're like, yeah, right. well, can I at least show up four hours before and help you set up before the race? So they're good guys. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So we we kind of briefly touched on it a little bit, but I think it's important because we, we had an off-mic conversation, but you are uh, a coach uh, mm-hmm. for Peak Run Performance is the name of your your service, mm-hmm. and that's your website. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a little, I don't know, idea. So you've been coaching for quite a while then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically since I was in, in college. I, I started, I think, in 2004, like officially coaching, kind of okay. getting paid to coach, I guess. So 13 years in now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a while. Um, and I've always kind of tried to be a student of the sport. Um, I was an English teacher, but I, I honestly think the only way I was literate through high school was because I read so much about running and cared okay. so much about it. So I, I really like running and the science behind it and the methodology. And, and I've tried to kind of glean a little bit from every coach that I've had, and I've been fortunate to have... Some really good coaches and and some maybe not so good coaches, but but even they had some pieces that some yeah. pieces that I that I learned from and and uh, so um, yeah and, and I'm not afraid to ask questions. <laughs> so anyone who knew what they were doing or who I thought knew that what they were doing, I I just pick their brains at right. clinics or at coaching camps that I take my athletes to or that I was at. So so yeah, I've really just been kind of it's been a lifetime of just trying to figure out this this sport and. Um, what I've found is that most of the people I work with now, um, it is remotely, it's uh, it's online, mm-hmm. and um, and a lot of them are adults like me, and they've got busy lives, whether it's work or family or dogs or travel or whatever. It's, uh, but they also have goals. You know, they they want they want to do something and challenge themselves and kind of figure out what they're made of and. Um, kind of have some purpose and meaning um in what they're doing and, and running is a is a good avenue for that and so i i do my best to try and you know help help each person find their balance and and find a sustainable way of reaching their peak whenever that is or their peaks or whatever um but yeah my my goal as a coach is is f- to help people become lifelong runners um, that's my goal as an athlete. Uh, I want to be connected to this sport forever. And mm-hmm. I feel closer to, I'm at a family reunion right now and I'm out in doing a, a podcast, doing a podcast, doing a podcast about podcast. out in a van that's on right. the side of the road <laughs> during the family reunion. Yeah. Because I feel like this is my family too. You know, we're right. a big extended family and, um, I've, I've been to Western States during the same weekend as this family reunion and chose Western over it's a bigger <laughs> western's a bigger family so you yeah, gotta go is. where the oh, bigger yeah. family good is, point right? <laughs> and, and and the cool part is my family gets that you know yeah, they, right. they know that this is this is a big part of who i am and and what i love and um and so i i like to try and help other people find what works for them and every every family situation is different every work situation is different but uh really just help people enjoy it and um it can be kind of a flash in the pan sort of thing with some people and 
if that, if I get the sense that that's all it is, is like, yeah, I want to run a marathon and then I want to be done. It's like, eh, I'll try and help you, but I want to try and help you Long get term. there and be healthy, right. you yeah. know, and not hate it yeah. <laughs> by the time you get there. Because I've been there too. Like uh, there were times in college where I didn't know. I, I took a two-year break and was happy to take a two-year break because I was, and it was nothing against my coach. It was me. It was the way that I was training and I was so hard on myself and I didn't, I, I wanted to earn a scholarship so bad that by the time I earned a scholarship, I was like, man, I don't. You're done. I'm done. <laughs> I don't think I even like running anymore. And it, 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 I, it took me a long time to even after running the marathon to like care enough to like train and want to be good at it to see right. what I could really do. So, it. I feel like I've gone through <laughs> a lot of ups and downs and quite my own evolution. And not that I need to like you know impose that on other people, but I through my own experiences and then the experiences of people that I've been fortunate to train with and. Then that makes it more relatable, though. Yeah. From the client's perspective. Yeah. That that story you've you've gone through it that you you know what they're experiencing. Yeah, I I hope to and and to be quite frank, um, I mean I, my background in in university was basically study everything that couldn't make money. And so, <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's a cool philosophy class. Hey, anthropology. Yeah, I should learn a couple of more obscure class. indigenous languages. Yeah. That, uh, um, and <laughs> you never know when it's going to come back, like the f- bell bottoms, right? The <laughs> bell bottoms. <laughs> uh, and so I feel like a lot of my the athletes that I work with are almost like mentors for me. A lot of them are business owners and right. a, a, and maybe even small business, and, and they get it. And so it's, right. it's kind of cool because we support one another. You know, we figure out how to... <laughs> How to help each other through this, you know, this experience that right. I definitely wasn't prepared for, at least academically, for for this. So right. It's it's fun. It's so a fun challenge. So do you do you do a, a a vetting process if someone approaches you looking for coaching? Is there like mm-hmm. a, a process where you go through some Q and A to see if it's going to be that right like a fit, good fit for for you? Because yeah. like them. you said, you don't want to be a flash in the pan. You, you're willing to help, but even for them, if they have. Uh, the wrong set of goals. I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but goals yeah. that maybe aren't attainable or maybe they just, like you said, Hey, I want, I have a marathon of four weeks. Can you get me there? Yeah. You know, so Ooh, do you have that's a, that's our cute, training philosophy. Yeah. Well, it works for us. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. We have our hundred K this weekend. That's right. Let's that's start right. ramping up our training last yeah, week. We got to hurry. And yeah. We got to cram for this yeah. test. We can, uh, we're, 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 we're tapering up. That's we're, what we're that's calling. What we call it. it. We taper up. We're tapering up. We're trying. Cause most people as a coach, you're like, yeah, you get a taper into a race, but you know, you know, people get ornery, they get cranky. Right. We're tapering right through. It. Right up to it, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the way it works. And then yes. your rest period right after is smooth. <laughs> it is because you're really rest. Yeah, you're tired. So yeah. we, it's just a, it's the the you know gallon ice cream challenge after it's over type thing. Yeah. So, but yeah. So do you, do you do that process so you have yeah. that right fit? Yeah. Usually people will contact me through some sort of whether it be email or social media of some sort. Um, fortunately, uh, my brother has quite a following, and a lot of people contact him, and then he. <laughs> passes them on to me um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a double vetted process it, it, it's it, uh, v- through his beard so uh, th- like that's, the <laughs> that's the filter the filter is his beard that's and then so it, awesome it gets to me filter. and then um, this guy's not going to work for me and then I filter it brother. through my unibrow and eventually uh, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. double poozy hair, hair filter <laughs> I like it no um, yeah we definitely try and, and actually meet the people and, and connect with them but there's usually a little back and forth via email and 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 i have people fill out a a pretty thorough questionnaire to get a sense of who they are and what makes them click and what their goals are and and yeah i'll ask point blank you know if someone gives me either a 
what I would say is maybe a a really ambitious or maybe not unrealistic, but maybe the time frame is a little bit too truncated. I, I say, you know, can we work toward that? But what are we going to do? We need some time to build toward that. Right. But also, sometimes people will send me this list. <laughs> like, there's 52 weeks in the year, and um, I'm going to do 120 races. And so, oh. yeah. Mike Wardian can do that, but he's not an athlete that I coach. And right. um, friend, but not an athlete I coach. And and most people don't work that way. Yeah. And so, um, if if what we're working on is is not just you know doing cool events, but if you actually if this is really your goal, we're probably going to have to cut out a lot of those races. And are you willing to do that so that you can actually get in the long runs on the weekends? And right. And train, um, but so yeah, there, there's some back and forth, and um, I try to give just about everyone a, a chance, but usually they figure out or I figure out fairly early on that it's either going to work or not work, and uh, that doesn't happen very often, but sometimes it doesn't, it does. and it, it usually is better sooner rather than later right, <laughs> for everyone yeah. to just like, eh, this probably isn't going to work. So, so do you have like a, a max threshold of athletes you work with? Like, hey, this this is as much as I can do, or is it just kind of you're in a situation where you have time to, to take whoever comes through? Um, there are times of the year where it gets pretty busy, um, and then there are times of year times of the year where uh, you know after Boston everyone's taking a break, or or after Western or so, some big iconic race where a lot of people are training for whether it's that race or those those weekends or that time of year seem to be really popular, popular. times of year. Right, and so um, yeah, sometimes I I may be carrying a little bit my roster's a little. Uh, deeper than than other times, uh, and so sometimes it can feel pretty busy, but then other times um, it's maybe lower than what uh, you would like. Maybe and not so much. It, it, that's the hard part, and and this isn't to knock other services, but there are some professions that are kind of notorious for like setting up an appointment and or setting it up so that people are paying to pay, and uh, even when they're not getting the services, so to speak. Um, so you may go get treated by some professional in, in some way, and then they'll. The goal is okay. We're gonna have this long-standing. You're gonna just keep paying me for these services, and you right. may not be seeing any benefit. If I'm not writing a plan for someone, or if we're not corresponding, working through whatever it is, I try not to bill them. Sometimes right. you know it's set up automatically, and I you know need to go and make sure I cancel it for that month or whatever. Uh, and at the same time, uh, I do believe in the whole like teach a man to fish kind of thing and right. and so my goal is that eventually someone goes on and and either learns to coach themselves or coaches other people and maybe they'll still pay me a, a lower rate to sort of review their training but it'll be less hands-on and less right. time back and forth and stuff like that so so there are a lot of different models in fact there are some athletes that i've coached that either want to start working with me that i'm about ready to kind of take on or uh have started their own coaching businesses and I don't. I don't view it as like competition or or anything else. It, right. It it it's it's. I'd say it's kind of sad and pathetic actually because I've seen some stuff back and forth on social media recently where people are feeling that like it's kind of getting cutthroat and people are fighting over athletes and yeah. And it's There's just like plenty of people. Yeah, it, it is getting more saturated than it once was. But yeah. Right. It's like the sport's not going to die, and uh, if if you're doing a good job. You're going to be able to, yeah. You have to adapt, right? <laughs> but I think that's what capitalism is. And if you're going to be a business owner, you kind of got to buy into that a little bit, and right? As communist as I tried to be in college, I figured <laughs> out that you do have to pay bills. So you know, I, or socialist, I guess. I right. Say. Well, we're I mean, in, we're in Utah, right? I well, probably get shot, but um, <laughs> now we're far enough away. I think yeah, we're exactly. Good. 
but I mean, you make a good point, though. I think if you, because we talk about it here, and we've had other small business owners. If you have a good brand, yeah. you know, or you do a good job, they'll come back. Yeah, they right. Will. They'll refer people, or and they'll refer people. But yeah. if you're if you've been out there doing it for a while, but maybe have been doing it half-heartedly or half-assed or, or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. they may look other places. Yeah, and that right. is just a direct reflection on the services or the product you've been giving right. them for some time. So yep. I think you make a good point. The The sport we've seen, everybody's seen the growth in the sport. Um, you see more and more and more quality runners mm-hmm. doing amazing things, and they got to right. come from somewhere. Yep. So I think what you're saying, you know, makes perfect sense. Um, and, and, you know, and, and back at it too is coaches, um, you may be the right coach for this individual, but not this other individual. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So th- we've talked about with other coaches on the show. We've got Ty right. Draney on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, you don't have that fit. And so there's got to yeah. be somewhere for them to go yeah. who yeah. has a different yeah. plan or perspective mm-hmm. on it. So it's just shopping around. It's like yeah. buying a car. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know we've been talking for a while, but I, I think I should make a little shout out to Ty. Ty was the first ultra runner I ever met. And so uh, that's cool. He, we went to the same... Rick's college, but he was about ten years ahead of me, and um, he's old. <laughs> <laughs> that means we're old. <laughs> he doesn't Dang look it. old, though. I mean, he's well when he, he shaves that well. beard off. Oh, he looks young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we were running like a, a an alumni relay or something like that. We went back and we're on the same team as our coach and stuff like that, and we happened to be on the same team, and that's when we met. And he he was talking about ultras, and at, at, I was very early into you know post post graduating from college and so I still wasn't ready to think about ultras and right. just like and I do what? what? Like what is that? You like that? That's fun. And uh yeah, it wasn't that long after that we bumped into each other at a cross country meet where our athletes were running against That's each awesome. other in Boise, I think. That's cool. I was like, hey man, I ran this trail race and it it was actually like longer than the marathon and I thought about you and uh, and it was through him and, and some of uh, some of the older guys like Scott Jaime and stuff yeah. like that 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 it totally mentored me through the whole process. I had no clue what an ultra even was or how to run on the trails or anything. And, and some of those guys, not that they're old, but... It, no, they are. It's they, okay. they are. <laughs> it's all right. No, but but it, it's cool that the, the old guard... That's one thing that I think... I wouldn't say I'm a different generation, but, but the younger group... I consider myself an older guy. Compared to You're like that middle. Up. I'm in the middle. You're in the middle right now. But it's, it's something I want to see people my age and, and younger continue like the mentorship part wow, and not just wow. the monetization of mentoring but the like actually the just real like, reason to yeah mentor. just like right pull someone under your wing and be like yeah man um you probably should have eaten something while you were out there or you probably or shouldn't <laughs> run every weekend in a row that many exactly races. yeah 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 see me and joel we talk about this almost every time we put a microphone in front of or our almost face. every time we run now yeah, yeah. is the mentorship right um, yeah. we've had like rock horton's been on yeah and he's had one of my favorite shows because he talks about the guard before him yeah and then him and so you, you do have these generational gaps we kind of like the same crew like the Jaime and the the drainy you know that kind of area is when it really started to take off in yeah, my right. book yeah and so those are some of the people i've i mean jaime was one that got me into running period mm-hmm. right um and then you know ty was there and in this group of people but it's such a a big thing right now is that mentorship and it's not about capitalization it's about you know um integrity of the sport right right i think that's something that's big and giving pe- you know setting people up to succeed yeah i think that's it because we we did the the Pearl Zumi team with Jaime, and he was a mentor for so many. And Ian oh, yeah. Torrance was there. He right. was a mentor. He, he had, I worked. I moved to Flagstaff because Tommy was there, but because Ian offered me a job with McMillan. So, oh, wow. Okay. And 
and I've taken that model and he could be like pissed off that he mentored me for two years and then now I'm doing it nah. on my own. He he was the first person to wish me happy birthday the other day, you know, right, like yeah. he doesn't care. And in fact, there was a, a clause in the contract with Greg McMillan that, you know, I couldn't compete for two years. And Ian went out of his way to say like, hey, man, like he's not even the same country. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, he's, he's a good he guy. I'm a for good payment. guy. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he went out on a limb to like to help me out. And, right. and like those are. He's he would have shown up and helped me move my treadmill. Yeah, he would have. <laughs> like, he so, totally so, would have. So yeah. there there are guys like that that like they there's no ego whatsoever. It's just right. like it, it, can I help that guy? I'm going to help that guy, and don't they don't think about getting it in return, and and then they do, you know, because people feel that. And right. I I will be loyal to Ian till I die because that guy is a true friend, and same with you know Ty and, and Scott and stuff like that. So well, I think there's two sides of it because you have that realm right where they just are there to mentor you, but I think some of the younger people coming in need to be open to being mentored. Yeah. Yes. By listening to this sage advice that has been practiced and proven over the years, without right. thinking, no, that's not going to work for me, or what are you talking about? Or and it's I'm, more. I want them to understand who came before them. Yeah. Yeah. And where the sport has come from and where it's at now. Or I love where it's at now. Yeah. I, I love it, but, you know. You, you kind of could be on a cusp right now, too, though. Well, there's there's so many people coming into the sport right now that might not have the same appreciation for, like, running up to the top of Ben Woman, right? Yeah. And understanding what it involves being up there, your responsibility being up there. They just see social media and they're like, oh, I'm going to go up there and do that because it looks cool. looks really cool. Right. And well, I bagged a peak. Exactly. Well, there's a lot more than just that, right? I mean, so many people came before you that, that help establish this trail, um, help establish the, the brands that support our, our sport now. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where, like, you know, like you're, you're like the middle generation, mm -hmm. right? And you're, you're going to be the next in line for mentorship, really. Yeah, and, and carrying I, uh, that flag is so important. And like Eric said, that the younger generation would just be open to it. And I think that turns over. Because, I, I mean, you look at it like where you come from and where I came from. If Scott Jaime, Ty Draney, Ian Torrance said a word to me, I was like, you bet. Yeah, yeah I need to wear a girl thong to run faster? <laughs> Ooh, dude, what color? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. how I was. I was ready to absorb because I knew where they came from. And I'm not saying that the athletes coming in now aren't that way. Mm -hmm. Right, but I think it just needs to be. Well, it's we, such information overload now. Well, it's information yeah, right? overload. Plus, there's more pressure. Yeah, right. sponsorships. Mm -hmm. um, you need to run this, or if you don't run this fast, you're not getting X amount of dollars. Or and that right. wasn't there for those guys. No. Yeah, you know, it's like I tell you what, if you run that race, <laughs> we'll give you two pair of shoelaces. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. And then the <laughs> shoes come at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so well, and I, I think there is even a sense of competition over over sponsorships. Oh yeah. Like, Totally. Uh, and I, I've found now that I'm in Canada, some of my sponsors that are small and uh, pretty much every every sponsor that I have, I, I have a personal connection with someone, usually a founder or with the brand, whether it's First Endurance or yep. Ultra. Or Robert whatever. Coons. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that came through Scott, actually. Um, but um, so I try to have a connection and know the people that I'm representing. Um, but some of those brands are still so small that it, whether it's, because of the cost or because um, of tariffs that exist between even here in Canada, it's hard to get a hold of some of the product. And um, and so when I've just, even just like briefly mentioning to some of the other friends that I have up in Canada that I run with, some people immediately like, hey, <laughs> there's only so much in the pot here. And, and if I give you 
their their contact. I'm not going to have a spot next year. You're going to take my spot. And right. It's yeah. like, no, dude, I'm just looking for, you know, a few opportunities. And if, if, if there's, a, a, if there's a spot on the team. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and so some people, it does get territorial. And, right. and so it's, whereas, yeah, like you mentioned, you, you ask, yes, Scott, yes, Ian, yes, Ty, the, that generation, uh, Scott Jurek, yep. a friend of theirs and Hal and stuff like that. It was before you could make a living <laughs> at it really. Right. Um, and so they genuinely, it wasn't a condescending thing and it wasn't this territory or competition. It was just like, sure. Like, and I think that's the beauty of the longer ultra races is that um, you really do learn to depend on one another. Like that, it right. strips you down. <laughs> Everyone is exposed. All your vulnerabilities. And everybody's there. been there at yeah, some point. Exactly. Right. So they know yeah. it. And so you, you depend on the volunteers. You depend on the aid station, mm-hmm. um, the the medics. You depend on yeah the, the trail builders, all of that. And but it it sometimes it takes literally burying your head in the sand <laughs> in the sand um, or you know something a little humbling um, in a, in a race for you to realize that huh my my 10k or 5k PR in in college isn't really going to get me to the finish line of this race. Like I, I've got to like. I need people to right. help me get there, and or I need to learn <laughs> something yeah. that I don't already know. So, hmm. so in Canada, if I was there, my number one sponsor I'd go after is Mr. Big Bar. <laughs> I don't know what Mr. Big Bar is. <sighs> I when I went to college in Portland. No, wait a minute. Is this okay. candy or something? In your it's pants? a candy bar. Okay. So we'd go up to Vancouver to watch a hockey game. Yeah. And uh, stayed with some friends, and I they had a Mr. Big Bar, <laughs> and I absolutely would die for one any day of the week. <laughs> And I don't know if they're that good anymore, to be honest What's with in you. them? I don't even remember. Chocolate, peanuts. Yeah. It's just Mr. Big Bar. It's in a yellow wrapper. Sounds like a Baby Ruth. It, yeah. Kind of, but it's not. Or that it doesn't is. sound nearly as cool as Mr. Big Bar <laughs> okay. in a yellow wrapper. Dude, so that would be mean, my first sponsor. I mean, you're after Big Mr. Big Bar. I am. So come on down. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Toyota Celica. Celica? It's a Celica, but that's how they said it on the commercial Celica. in Canada. I thought Toyota had a new car. I was watching TV. The new Toyota Celica. I'm like, oh, they got a new car. It's a Celica. So I love Canada. <laughs> that's awesome. It's a good place. It is. It's it's nice. Yeah. So I would probably go for Tim Hortons, um, and that's like their their coffee shop. But it, it's the only place that makes donuts that I can actually eat and not get sick. So it wouldn't be a good sponsorship for me to have. Oh, it sounds like a really good sponsorship. <laughs> so what's the deal with their donuts? What's so special about them? I don't know, but it used to be that, uh, you know, when I was a teacher, I, I was pretty disciplined, but maybe once a year I'd splurge. We'd have a staff meeting or something, and someone would bring donuts and be like, you know, it's been a year, I haven't had a donut. And you eat one, and you're just, like, sick for the rest of the day yeah. and never want to huh. see another donut for at least another year. Never uh, been there. Tim Hortons isn't that no. way. Um Tim like Horton. Th- th- and they make these things called Timbits, which are just donut <laughs> holes. Yeah. Um, but lots of different flavors. And, okay. And they, I think it's that the grease maybe is actually that day old rather than like weeks old or what? Sitting in the bucket for I don't know what it's, it is. It's but vegan. Vegan grease. Vegan grease. <laughs> yeah, it's it's vegan Canadian. Grease. It's caribou grease. <laughs> it's caribou grease. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's, oh it's, it's got extra omegas Baby in it or something grease. like that. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's Extra the, omegas. That's, on that's the east awesome. Side. Yeah. <laughs> but they also have food, and so they sell poutine and, and other like fries. And Say stuff. that again. They sell what? Poutine. poutine. What's that? Um, so it's it's French, French fries. fries with gravy and cheese curds. They had this on the show before. I've talked about this. It is. Um, yeah, I don't huh. know how I haven't put on a lot of extra weight um, while being. We had a guy. Remember that? I said the guy from Oregon sent me a, a message. He ran Waldo, was driving home or something, and stopped and had poutine. 
I always say it's how say it again. Poutine. Poutine. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I thought originally I thought it was from the south. You, thought, the you thought it was poutine. poutine. No, I thought it was from I thought it was from the south and someone corrected me on the post said no that's from Canada. Right. Which yeah. I'm all in. Mr. Big and you and know poutine. Yeah. Whatever, okay, wherever so you can get it, yeah. We were gonna ask you about the rung culture up in Calgary. <laughs> yeah. And maybe we need to talk about the food culture. Right I know, there, right? Because this is sounding pretty good. It is it is some good stuff. Um it's uh I definitely have a weakness for um, say cheese curds. Yeah, the curds <laughs> are good. But but if you if you oh uh, if you put the uh, you can get Montreal smoked meat on poutine as well. And so what's Montreal smoked meat? Um, it's just, just anything. Smoked meat, but it, yeah, but so it's like cow. <laughs> is it? Is yeah, it like I, I think it, I think it's beef. Okay, okay. but it's uh, but it's you know really salty and, and All right. savory. All right, and yeah, as a runner, I love salt and I love fat and carbs yeah um especially post run so it it kind of motivates me to run hard because it's going to be available and it's one of the most satisfying things to eat so wow and one of the routes that i run regularly the the bike path near our home um we pass by a place that sells good poutine and 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 so it's just like oh man Got to run somewhere else today. Otherwise, I'm going to stop. <laughs> You're going to get donuts. <laughs> get some fill donuts. Your and French fries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fill your hydration. Fill your hydration. You got like French fries coming out the front pocket. <laughs> that's that, a, that's about how it is. Yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. See, I love this run culture up there. I know. Yeah. So talk to us a little about that. So what's what's the run culture like up in Calgary? Um, really good people. Uh, I, I would say runners in general are just well, good. They people. are, but yeah, we're yeah. talking about the trail uh, run. The, the trail run. Um, I would say that because it, the Calgary Canmore area is so diverse and mountainous, uh, most of what I would consider a trail growing up in Oregon, even the PCT and stuff like that, mm, I, I'm I'm kind of a sissy when it comes to trail running. Like I I really? won't go on some of the, wow. the, so the they're runs. Just, are they technical? Is it super? They're, they're, they're like mountaineering and orienteering and and. Ice climbing, <laughs> like right. it's like, oh well, it's not really a run if you don't have to bring an ice pick with you. And <laughs> oh no, <laughs> and, and crampons and stuff like that. And, and right. I, you know, I, I, I've run the last two winters like every single day with pretty big micro spikes, Catula micro spikes. But, but uh, th- just the skill level uh, um, is is so much higher than 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 what I have okay. because again, I grew up running dirt roads right. in Oregon, and, and then track and cross country, which is right. basically flat uh golf courses as, as flat as you can get so as you, you can run as fast as you can and then sure. I'll, i've transitioned into it but i'm still i wouldn't consider myself like a, a hardcore mountain runner I, right but i mean you ran in flagstaff yeah so how would you compare flagstaff to calgary the culture like like th- well i mean obviously the trails gonna be different because you know you're mountains basically canadian desert. rocky mountains right compared yeah. to so the southern tip of the rockies so uh i still have a lot of friends and and uh, and family in Flagstaff, and 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 I I really value what I probably value the most about Flagstaff is that it's one of the few places I've been in, at least in the U.S. where a runner is a runner, so right. they have their bagel run on Thursday, and and two ten marathoners will show up with sub fourteen k five fourteen five k runners, and Ian Torrance will be there, and right. uh, and Scott Jurek will show up, and right. you know Hal Kerner will show up, so. It, it can be the who's who, but so can you know the the fifty year old um, banker you know right. that just lives in town. It everyone's welcome. I haven't experienced that anywhere else in the world. Like Flagstaff is really unique in that they have they've somehow tapped into the 
we're all runners. Okay. And at least one day a week, we're all runners. That's really cool. Um, trail runners in Canada, from my experience, there is kind of this, you're either a trail runner or you're a road runner. And, okay. Um, and because of who I am, I'm a, I want to be a runner. Like I, right. I like running on the roads. I like running on the treadmill. If, if I if I can get a run in, I'm happy. Okay. Uh, sure. If it's a beautiful place, it's cool. Uh, and and you know there are plenty of people that cross over between the two. But there is kind of this like you know I'm I'm only a trail runner or I'm only a road runner. Right. It's like I think that's silly. So uh, that being said, there are some very good trail runners in in the calgary area adam right. campbell lives and trains in that area and he's done quite well he's all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> hard rock and chuck and nut and yeah. ellie greenwood uh yeah. kind of rose to to her heights while living and training in that area she now lives in the vancouver area but mm-hmm. but she was you know in that in in banff and in the calgary area so th- yeah if you want to become a good mountain ultra runner that's a great place to train to okay. be that um and and there are some really cool groups. There's the Canmore Trail Culture, the Calgary Trail Culture. There's mm. there's different groups that go out, um, similar to what I've experienced in Bend and in Flagstaff and, right. and other places. You said the access but, was pretty easy, right, from town? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it, Calgary itself has, I think, I think like 150 miles of trail uh like dirt trail or, or bike trail path? or urban urban bike okay paths. but still it it's it's a i think it's one of the greener large cities in the okay. world in terms of like commute if you want to commute to town you can right uh when i did my taxes this last year i i had to like you know do my miles i was like huh i've only driven like a fifth of the amount of miles as i drove the previous years because i don't drive i don't drive i ride my bike or i run almost right. everywhere i go wow. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of the culture that's, it's not, we're not the freaks in our neighborhood or in the community. It's it's, norm. Yeah. You either take the train or you ride your bike. If you have to drive, you'll drive, but it's only usually if you have to bring something big home. Yeah. 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 And even that I'll, I'll push the kids in a stroller and we just go to the grocery store more often, you know, like go grocery shopping with the kids and put them in the bottom of the stroller kind of thing. That sounds cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So it's a very active community and that's what I would say. Some people in Flag uh, do the, um, they call it Schemo, I guess, in the right. States. And then they they call it Backcountry or, um, what's the other one? Ski Mountaineering. Ski Mountaineering, yeah. Right. So, um, no, but there's one more that they, anyway. So, Run a lot today. of people, a lot of people um, in Canada are are just athletes, just all around active people. And right. so Healthy. Wha- yeah, exactly. One of the things that people say is that you need, you need a house. But then you need a garage for yeah. all your stuff, for all and your so, toys. You know, it's 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 very common for people to have kayaks and like five different types of skis, right? <laughs> and, um, and the rafters of our garage are kind of like that. You know, with all our kids, it's like okay, well, we yeah. got some cross country skis, some skate skis, some some downhill skis, uh, and and I don't even ski, so these are all like my my kids and stuff. I, I have I have one set of cross country skis, but but if you're a Canadian, you just doesn't matter the weather. You just get the right equipment. Do you have hockey sticks. Uh, I have some hockey skates. I okay. bought some hockey skates, there you go. And, nice. and and I love it. Like I, it, it's one of my favorite activities now to do with the kids. But also just like there, if there's a pond, if there is a body of water, it will be cleared and you can skate on it during the winter. That's cool. And then if there's a park or a golf course, it'll be track set to anywhere <laughs> to, to to cross country ski. So it's like people want to be outside as right. often as possible. And and that's something that I haven't experienced in most places that i've lived right so is that a place you think you'll be for a long time 
Yeah. Yeah. Every winter we're like, uh, so do you think we could get Canadian healthcare in in Hawaii or something like that? Or does, Hawaii, or does Canada own any islands? Uh, how, like uh, how much the time do you have to spend in Canada <laughs> to be considered, considered yeah. full time resident? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it, we love we love every season, but it does That's get cool. pretty cold and um, it's long. Yeah. But our you know the event season when we're putting on races, it's it's spring, summer, fall. So right. So how many events do you put on? Um, so Five Peaks is is a company that, that Amy directs and and I just kind of help out with um, wherever I can, just so that she has more time for me. So um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the if a shipment arrives that we're supposed to distribute throughout the country, I'm the one that like gets it and loads it in our garage and then figures out where what to do with it. Because you came from Hermiston background, that's what you <laughs> yeah, did exactly. there, right? Oh. So Shipping our garage has now become the distribution, the Five Peaks distribution <laughs> center. So. Um, yeah, so there are about 25 different events um, wow, that's uh, nationwide, so five different regions. Wait a minute, you said nationwide. What's that mean? Coast to coast. So, uh, so BC, there, we, we have a series in, in major population centers. So okay. with it, we try to do it within an hour. Um, and, and that's a cool thing about Canada is there is a lot of green space and, and not as many people. And so, yes. um, there's, there's a lot of value placed in or investment in, in beautiful parks and stuff right. so so we have six trail races in the greater vancouver area okay and five in the calgary area that, that extends to to canmore um, right five in the edmonton area so two in the alberta um province um and then three in quebec and uh six in ontario the toronto area wow and then we just launched um a nova scotia Ooh. series um so, so really? we're, we're literally coast to coast and nova scotia looks rad yeah yeah um it's it's called around the cape um, yeah and and it's going to be on on canadian thanksgiving uh, so When's early that? october um th we have to have thanksgiving a little earlier because um it gets snowier pretty much after that so if people are going to travel it okay. makes it easier I, i'm not really sure what the <laughs> historical rationale is but that's what i've been told turkeys, like, turkeys is there go gonna inside be, is in the wind in the winter yeah <laughs> and i just find an excuse to have poutine so i'm like can we have poutine? is that what is for thanksgiving up there that's what i've had every year oh so yeah i got french come fries up. i gotta come up man I'm going to go up for Thanksgiving in Canada. That's right. Cause that's right after the bear. The 100. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. primed to eat a lot. The the good part is you can get it at McDonald's and at Wendy's what? and at like and at Costco and like I mean it is like you can get poutine anywhere you go and Dairy Queen. Um, not that I frequent those. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. He's yeah, exactly. He's like, he's like, and they've got this one and this is how much this is. If you get the there combo a, meal. There's a poutine app. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got five kids and we're on the road a lot, so uh, <laughs> I just make sure everyone. I get a road in. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I w I will treat you to poutine anytime you're up in our area for sure. So. I'm craving it right now. There's you nothing. Around I haven't here. had any breakfast. Or uh, we've got a yet. lot of hash browns inside, <laughs> so we'll we'll go make our own version of. All we need is some gravy. The American <laughs> version. Uh, but yeah. So quite a few races, huh. and so that's what you help with those as well throughout the. I yeah. guess that takes like a whole year or yeah, yeah, spring yeah. to fall. In the, in the off season, that's when, you know, we're working with finding dates and getting permits right. and uh, working with sponsors and just if we have to change venues or anything like that. Doing we, all that. We set stuff. all that up and mm -hmm. keep the website updated. And, um, and then, um, yeah, basically once the season starts, uh, it's 
most weekends there's an event somewhere and right um and we do have race directors in each region that, about that, that handle about. that right and they, and they have their own storage and their own trailers and, right i mean it's a the, uh the races usually have three to five or the events have three to five different distances, distances. or races right from kids up to usually half marathon and we do have a couple marathon or beyond races mm -hmm. um and so uh and we try to pick venues that are that allow a few more people than uh, beautiful, but still allow a few more people. So most of our events have five to eight hundred people. And Holy that's, cow! It's pretty good size for trail running. Yeah, it you is. Know? Um, and so, but that that model works to you know employ those race directors and also right. employ us, so to speak. So <laughs> we have a minivan, so you know we got to got to live the the suburban life. So. That's okay, <laughs> especially with you know the poutine punch card. <laughs> That's what I need as a sponsor. I need to find a, a like a poutine uh, distributor. So distributor, distributor. <laughs> that'd be awesome. That'd be the best. It's gotta be like a national chain, like th that's local, not not McDonald's. No. Yeah, that you this get is that this is from. the bad part. The best fries are Costco fries. Um, they do they do what? Costco and because um, they're hot, like just straight out of the grill or out of the fryer with with gravy, and then. You can pick the curds, or oh, oh you get to pick your curd. Yeah. Oh man. No, it's it's amazing stuff. So as a kid, when we used to drive up to visit hmm. my grandparents, we'd go through Beaver, Utah, and yeah. always stop and get the the Beaver cheese curds. So yeah, um, I've been a fan of curds ever since. So, huh. so what just if, the culmination if of we all came of it, so. up to have poutine yeah. and maybe run a race, what <laughs> race should we do? Yeah. What's the what's the race? Because I mean, the race is secondary to the poutine, right? <laughs> <now>, right? <laughs> Which really? race offers poutine at the finish line? Yes, that's <laughs> a good question. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there are some in in the Montreal area, and so that I, I believe the word okay. is French, and so that's it, and they have the Montreal smoked meat. So we do so have some races in Quebec, um, some yeah, races we out there. We speak French then. Yeah, no, but that if you came, up, you, you can get it anywhere, and and most people are bilingual in in Canada. Okay. Um, good, good. So I have had it after honestly every race that I've run, and and it. A couple times a week, most weeks. So, um, this, is, this is my guy right here. I know, man. He's he's like he's like slowly coming out of his shell with his poutine problem. <laughs> it's okay. Your phone's gonna be ringing all off. Of, all of my athletes. Um, That's part of their recovery yeah. plan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've never said I'm anti-carb or gravy. So, or signed up. Signed up. Gravy. Gravy's a food. Like food group, group up there, <laughs> you, you 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 have him as a coach. You get ten percent off first endurance and ten percent off poutine anywhere <laughs> right. in the province of Alberta. Alberta. Yep, <laughs> I yeah. love it. Um, no, I, I I grew up in potato country, so yep. you know I, I've, right. I've got a I, there. Potatoes are it's very in your DNA, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I worked in a potato plant. Uh, don't recommend that for anyone, but it's hard work. So anyway, uh, let's see. We put on a couple of races in Canmore at the Canmore Nordic Center, and that's okay. that's where I ran my first race in Canada and fell and in love with the air. It blown away, place. like seriously, okay. every single, every second you see a different mountain right. face. And so, what what and month is that? Water. What's so we've got one coming up in September. That's not going to work for us. <laughs> okay, um, there's another one in June um, of okay, the June's a good month. Okay. Yeah, and then there's Ooh, another race up there. there. Yeah, there is a race there on Thanksgiving Day. Canadian, Wait, Thanksgiving. Canadian. Canadian Thanksgiving. Okay. Yes. So you could probably break away and the no one would 50. know anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it, so so there's a race and it it's a really cool setup. It's at the Nordic Center. It's called the Grizzly Ultra. Wait a minute. I love the name of this already. Almost. Are there bears involved? 
Is your son going to be there to chase away the bears? <laughs> um, bear spray is required. So oh my gosh, <laughs> you're. But okay, so because you have poutine coming <laughs> out in your little mesh in, bag in your, in your, your zip front lock. pocket. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a really cool setup. Whether you're running your first or your thousandth ultra, um, but it, it can also be done as a relay. So there are five different legs, and it's five different. Um, like fingers like, of the claw of the grizzly. Oh, that's so um, cool. And so some of them are are kind of just easy Nordic track loops. Um, right. They, they're still you know off road and, um, and there are bears involved. <laughs> I'm not denying that, but <laughs> that's all right. Uh, it's beautiful and yeah. Um, so, so what's the distance? It's the definition. One? Of so there's a 50k. Okay. That, that's okay. the ultra. And right. so and I've run it the last two Thanksgivings. One year I was in shorts and a tank top and just like some bike sleeves, right. and the next year I was in full on like puffy pants and <laughs> uh, like and a j- jacket and right. like thought I would be peeling layers and just wanted to keep putting more on. So it, it snowed the night before. Right. And, and what month is this? Uh, it's usually the second October. weekend in October. October. Second, yeah. second weekend. All right. Okay. Um, so that's that's the Grizzly Ultra and Relay. Great event. And um, we aren't the hosts of that event, but it's at the same venue as the Nordics. Okay. The, but the we want to come Center. to one of your events. Yeah. Um, we're, we're doing another event in BC um, right. at the end of the summer. So pretty soon. So right. maybe not this year. But it's probably not going to be this year. Yeah. But we're looking for next year. Okay. That's called the Trans Selkirks Run. Ooh, I've heard of that one. Yeah. All right. Yep. So it's a three and a five day stage race, but it's all based in Revelstoke, BC. Mm. All right. That place um, is pretty. It is really pretty. Right. So Poutine it's, every single night, right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. you stay at the resort. Oh, and, man. Um, so it's glamping. Poutine Palace. It's it, total yeah, glamping. Uh, oh, and they. So did so you say Poutine Palace? <laughs> I did. <laughs> it is. It is. Dude, <laughs> that is your next business venture. That is what you need to call your food truck empire, the Poutine Palace. Yeah. I, I think that's a pretty good idea, actually. So, yes. so the the banquet each night will be at the lodge up above, kind of overlooking the river, the Columbia River below. Um, but there's also a, a pub at the bottom that's part of the resort, oh, and and they sell really good chicken wings and and poutine. And, All right, and we're there. Yeah, so you guys should come up. Selkirk, um, Trans Selkirk. So Trans Selkirk. Mountains and um, we partnered with Trans Rockies right. um, to bring the event up <laughs> there, but, but we kind of changed the model a little bit because there are enough trails just in the Revelstoke area. So you come back to the same spot every day. Yeah, we, you either start and finish at the resort, or you know there are a couple where we drive you out to some right. more mild trails um, just to get a different look of the area. So you go from basically. Um, Rainforest down by the in the river um, cool. to really high alpine high and everything in between, and so you know you may in in one stage you may be going past really thick ferns to all of a sudden you're just exposed up there okay. with mountain goats. So you said it was three and five days. Three and five days. So what's yeah. the difference for the three day and the five day? So the the three day is a hundred k, and then the five day is is a hundred miles. So you can cover a hundred k in. Three in three days. Three days. Right. So twenty a, miles. Twenty miles. miles a day. Is yeah. So it's thirty-three a day ish. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm. It there are two really steep stages. Um, the the ski hill there is is the ski hill with the greatest vertical loss um, in North America. So I think it's like five thousand feet right. from is that from Kicking Horse. It's near Kicking Horse. Okay. Yeah. So so uh, it's called um, Mount McKen- McKenzie, I believe, is is that specific mountain. Right. Um, and then um, 
So we'd basically run up to it and then run the ridges and then come back down. That's legit. So it's Is that part of the three-day or the five-day or both? both? It's day okay, one. So you can't yeah, get out of it. day one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's like extra poutine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do go by. That is one thing about the aid stations there. Like At that, we, we used to have just one race there. Um, and we used to have dark chocolate covered bacon at one of our aid stations. Oh and so, so you know. Um, We've been doing this wrong. <laughs> yeah, come on. Canadians have food down. I, I, that is one thing that I've learned to do is eat well. And I have no regrets other than, man, what was I doing for the first, you know. Yeah, all right. Few decades of my life. So, so um, sep, sep, what, what no, month is trans? Trans-Selkirks is the last June? week of August. Okay, um, August. Into the first week of September. So it's like this okay. year, it's the 28th to the 2nd of September. Right, we're very busy. Yeah, so August. next year. Next yeah, year, that'd for be sure. awesome. Sure. It's a busy time, but we'd love to have you guys up there anytime. That'd um, be awesome. And, uh, we're going to do that next year. I know, right? I, you guys for sure. You guys would love it. I'm, I'm confident of it. Um, it's, it's fun. Like sometimes just putting on a race is work. Yeah. Right. Like, eh, it's it job. is work. And, and we, I like we I, know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've done it before. Yeah. It's fun seeing the smiles oh, on yeah. people's it faces is. and it's rewarding. It, it is, is rewarding. And and it is part of that mentorship and that stewardship piece. You know, you right. can't Giving just be back. the one getting all the time. Right. So I love that part. But sometimes it's just a slog. I enjoy going out and marking the course. I'm like, can I go up to the ridge line? <laughs> I, I want to be that guy. Up there. Like, yeah, exactly. It's wow. it is spectacular. So um the races that I'm most familiar with in and their beauty, we again we try and do it from coast to coast, find the various right. places, but Canmore is to die for and so is Revelstoke. Okay. So, and those are ones that I'm personally involved with, I awesome. guess. Awesome. So yeah. And there we go. So we we've talked in the past about having like a trail manners meetup. Yeah. We've and this is our goal for next year. That's gotta be one of them, the trans Selkirks for yeah. sure. That sounds like fun. That'd be a blast. Because what we want to do. How far is, is that from Calgary? Because I, I imagine that would be the place where people can fly into. No, it'd be Vancouver, right? Uh, it's further from Vancouver than it is. It's northern BC. Okay. And, it's uh, northern BC, so you're going to fly into Vancouver? Uh, no, so you could fly into Calgary, or there is a Kelowna airport, and it, it's kind of a regional airport, but you can get some international okay. um, flights in there. North of Spokane, too, right? Yeah. So well, yeah. Spokane would be another option yeah. to come out of there. Yeah, you could drive up from Spokane. Um, okay. My dad actually rode his his motorcycle up from Hermiston last year right. to um, to Revelstoke and white knuckled it the whole way, I guess. But uh, I think it was a pretty long <laughs> drive. Uh, I'll just jump for on him. the back of the bike thing next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, and so they were up there to help us with the kids so we could put on the, the event. But right. um, it was a blast, and um, the resorts really nice and accommodating and, and affordable. Um, the, our goal was to make it the same price as Trans Rockies in Colorado. But you get to stay in a resort versus a tent, and so it was like a oh, big, great place man. for your family, right? While yeah, you're out yeah, doing yeah. it, they could be. And, and that that was the thing. I mean, Amy and I have done Trans Rockies before, but it's like, okay, we have a newborn now. That's not going to happen for a while, right? And and we know that there are other people in the same boat. And, yeah. And a week is a hard is a long time to be away from your family, and it usually ends up being a week and a half. And so, right. if you can bring your family and run in the morning and then hang out at the pool during the day, exactly. where there's a ton of fun, like it's one of the stages is the only sanctioned trail race in a national park in Canada. Oh. And so in, in Mountain Oak National list. Park. But yeah. they, they have this really cool kids bike park that they just built what? where you're like going through like the, it's like a nature museum but it's high five and bikes. grizzly bears. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um so so yeah if you do I would recommend flying into Calgary and then the okay. drive from Calgary you go through 
Canmore, then Banff National Park, right. then Yoho National Park, then Glacier National Park, Jeez. then Mount Revelstoke National Park. And so it's kind of like, if you want to see a beautiful, like maybe the most beautiful stretch of highway ever, <laughs> there ever. is, you're basically just driving through a national park okay. the whole way there. I think it's four or five hours from Calgary. So right, but it's worth it. It's a long drive, oh, that's but it's, not it's, bad. it's b- considering what you're taking in and the right. diversity. Because you're stopping. You're yeah, like yeah, exactly. Picking up your jaw the whole time. Yeah. Because yeah. we want to we want to stop for poutine every <laughs> quarter mile. <laughs> there aren't many poutine shacks. That might be a, a business as well. Is like put a you know a, a truck stop. A poutine uh, shack. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll pull one with my car. <laughs> and people, I'll just pull aside the road in each national park. You know how you go to a basketball game and they got the the t-shirt gun. You're gonna get oh a, yeah a poutine gun. Because me, that's what Joel was saying earlier. Is we we discuss this for next year's have a trail manners meetup where we select different races where we're gonna go. Right. And then. You know, people that listen to the show that we've connected with, you know, through the year plus two years, they can go to that race and just, we can hang out with, our, you know, yeah. people that, you know, we've wanted to. Right, and exactly. Bring and we more get people to experience, like, different events, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Instead of just being here Utah-based. Because you know how it is. You, you do the same race over and yeah. over again, yeah. but there's so many cool places yeah. to go. Yeah. And yeah. races to experience. That would be a cool one, though. I yeah. think that would be fun. Yeah. That would be cow. awesome. Yeah. We'd love to have you guys. And it's a... Um, that's I think that's the best part about the sport. You, it is a it is a great community whether you stay locally yeah. or or you can travel anywhere around the world and you definitely share that bond. Yeah. But the fact that you can take in all that beauty in in one day or two days is there's really no other way of doing it. Yeah, you know, right. Most people, even if you're adventurous and, and no one saw those um, air quotes. Air quotes. Uh, <laughs> we do that all the time. <laughs> we do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but yeah, even if you're you're to the rest of the world, you're considered active, and so you. To see what you see even in, in a trail 50K or 50 miler or 100 miler, you'd have to spend a week or more backpacking yeah, the same yeah. section. And then you'd have to carry all your stuff, you know, uh, for a week versus, you know, have a few drop bags and get it done in a day right. or two. Go back so, to the pool. And, yeah. And, uh, exactly. Poutine. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. We're gonna yeah. we got to check that out. For sure. Trans Selkirks. Yeah. Know. End of August. Come on August. That'd Run wild sweet. in Canada. That's our that's okay. our tagline. Like so. Yeah. Well, right on. So uh, yeah, thanks for hook, you know, letting us know you're in town. Yeah, that was awesome. Got that. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. we're all over that. Yeah, no. Thanks for making the drive. I I don't really. It's not that know far. much in terms yeah. of geography, and figured we might be able be going through there. But I, with this many kids, didn't know what. The we're close. We're so. 20 minutes. Yeah, if that. perfect. Yeah, and the bus maybe an hour and a half, but <laughs> yeah, 20 minutes. <laughs> we could probably run it in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, uh, thank you guys. And thanks for letting us know on just all this great information. Yeah. You know, get to know you better. Some amazing stuff you've already done and continue mm-hmm. to do. And just great to hear the stewardship. You know, the mentorship and, right. and why you do this. Um, to, to hear you talk about your coaching and right. you know passing that along because you were in that same boat when you were growing up. It's right. just and giving refreshing. back. You know? Yep. Giving yep. back with, as a being a race director too. Yeah. That's to, awesome. to cool and introducing people. Like you said, it's rewarding to see people run these races and. Yeah. You know, so many people think, oh, race directors, man, they make a fortune. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> That's not how it really works in the real world. But thanks for thinking that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Usually it's an excuse for race directors to have their friends come hang out and exactly. pay for the beer, you know, yep. and have a bonfire. Yep. So, yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's awesome uh, yes. for coming on the show, and it's a pleasure to meet you in person. Um, Thank you. Likewise. We've uh, checked you out for quite a while. So, yeah, I think that's it for today. Uh, we'll have some links uh, part of this, but, yeah. 
Peakrunperformance.com. Uh, that's his right. coaching service. Uh, Five Peaks Trail Running Series. Trans Selkirk's Run, which is uh, going to get some research done. That's gonna, that <laughs> yeah. website's going to get a few hits in the next few days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> By us for sure. Yep. Uh, checking it out more. But thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time out of your family vacation. Yeah, and, and thanks. thanks to your family as well for letting yeah. you jump in the bus with a couple crazy guys. Yeah. So well, thanks for having us. All right. Well, uh, we'll Appreciate talk to you later and hopefully see you again uh, next August at least. For sure. We'd love to see you. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. We'd like to thank Jacob Pusey for taking the time to join us today. You can check more out with Jacob and his coaching services at peakrunperformance.com. We also want to encourage you to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners, or swing by the website at trailmanners.com. There you can check out the store page for some cool gear, get some trail cred and some swag and rights, or you can hit us up on the contact page, let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or if you would like to be on the show. Until next time, this is Eric Manning with Joel Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.